My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies, and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share, and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening, and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. My guest today is Paul O'Sullivan. Now, Paul is a managing director for Accenture, and he leads the Liquid Studio, which is all about innovation. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that. He's also had a long and squiggly career in financial services. So I'm really looking forward to delving in and finding out what makes him tick. Paul, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Tell me, how is lockdown treating you and your lovely family? Hi, Angela. No, it's it's my pleasure as well. So thank you for having me. Lockdown. How how am I coping in lockdown? It's interesting because I think when we first went into lockdown, personally, I I, I struggled a, a small bit. I'm quite uh, a people person, so I like to be around the hustle and bustle that that is London. I like to be surrounded by my team. I've like many of us, I've now kind of come to. To, to kind of terms and with the new normal and how kind of life is kind of working remotely from home. It's interesting because I've got an eight-year-old boy, well, as a one-year-old. So uh, my son, Finn, has been also adjusting to kind of school life at home where I've kind of been helping out where I can, but but Lucy kind of takes the charge mainly on the homeschooling. I, I think like anything, this is just a, a period of adjustment which is it's also a fascinating thing when we think about lockdown and we think about what we've all gone through across society. But yeah, I, I suppose I'm, I'm coping. I'm, I'm probably adjusting and now probably coming through that curve of how can I thrive in this environment and how do we stay connected with people? So things like this is great and video conferencing and all, all the technology that enables us is fantastic. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? It's nice of you to ask and, and it, it's nice of you to kind of touch on the fact that you love people and connecting with people because I'm the same as you on that front. So I think that's the bit that I've missed the most. But actually having more time with my children, and I'm sure you've found this as well, um, has been a real blessing because, you know, as a busy working woman, I don't get as much time as I'd like with my kids. And, and I'm sure, you know, you, you're, you've got a big old job there and do lots of traveling. So it must be lovely for you as well to have time with yours. Yeah, absolutely. I um, It's interesting because Lucy, my, my wife, often says to me, Oh, when things get back to normal, you're not you're not going to go straight back five days a week, are you? And of course, I'm I'm kind of going. Well, no, hopefully not. We can ease it in. I have to say, I I I don't I don't miss the commute into London's fine. I'm I'm not too far from London, uh, but I don't miss some of the commutes that I used to have up and down the country between Glasgow, Manchester, Newcastle. But but it's um it would be good to kind of see see my colleagues face to face again, hopefully. 
Yeah, it's getting the balance, isn't it, across all of the different aspects. And we'll all have to adjust to that, I suppose, as, as we start to come out of lockdown. And, and I am really keen to hear about you and, you know, your career and all of the things that you've learned along the way. And we always start the podcast with what I call the pom-poms moment. And this is, you know, some people really struggle with this, some people love it, talking about you and the three things that you are most proud of. So um, do you fancy sharing those with us? Yeah, sure. So, and I was kind of anticipating this and, and, I'm not the best, I have to say, about um, talking about myself. So, but, but the, I've, I've come up with three. So one thing that I wanted to do for me, which was um, I've always wanted to run a marathon. So a few years back, I ran the Brighton Marathon. I still, I, I think my time was about four hours, six. It's not a tremendous kind of time to be proud of and I kind of always wanted to get I wanted to get under that that threshold of four hours but still nonetheless um I did it and it was um it was kind of a a bit of grueling training to go through but I was determined and focused the second item is and 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 this isn't this isn't necessarily kind of a success story that I had but kind of was something that I reflected on kind of when I was thinking about what what would be my pom-pom moments and for me, this was um, about kind of me giving back a little bit. So selfishly on the marathon thing, that was something I always wanted to achieve. And then this other item was something that I did for a charity, so Bernardo's charity. And it was it was a balance between the adrenaline junkie that I am and doing something for good. Um, and that was I jumped out of an aeroplane from 12,000 <laughs> feet. But it was something that I kind of, kind of, secretly i suppose always wanted to kind of do it and give it a go but that that was a a personal achievement and something really Mm. for me and and then the the one linked to my career and this is very difficult because people always kind of ask me you know what's the best team you ever worked with you know why was that and and kind of what was the highlights but uh, quite quite a few years ago now i was very privileged to work at a startup company in the financial services space I had a great team of people around me and it was one of those kind of projects where you kind of just have to jump in kind of give it your all determined focused and you build these relationships with with a team of people you tend to have this kind of camaraderie about you and and you're kind of friends for life from that point but i i contributed with many of those people and those teammates to delivering one of the first mobile banking platforms in the uk and why that's a bit of a pom-pom moment for me is you know when we think about mobile banking where it is today and how it has changed how we interact with our bank it was quite a milestone and and i can kind of go back to many years before that point where you know if we wanted to interact with our bank it was very much go into a branch or a cash machine to take money out you know we're now a, we're now a contactless cashless society to some extent and really that that kind of paved its way from from the mobile banking breakthrough so that was a that, that I've always straplined as my my billboard moment in my career and why I call it my billboard moment was I was it was about 8 a.m. I think I got home the night before around 2 a.m. from doing an all-nighter to get it live and it was I was back at the train station at 8 a.m. and I looked across the the platform in a bit of a, a hazy glaze from probably exhaustion and other things you know tired and overwhelmed but I saw this great big billboard on the other side of the platform that had the name of the bank and said 
you know, mobile banking coming soon. And to think about that we as a team contributed towards that and making that a success and even looking at it now on reflection today, that success and how we all interact with our banks is a phenomenal big breakthrough. So I'm, I'm very pleased that I had that opportunity in my career to do that. How cool is that? I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a second. I just want to pick up the point that you made around doing the marathon selfishly and it being about you being able to achieve something that you'd always wanted. And, and I think there's another side to marathon running when you commit to doing something like that and the self-discipline that it takes is actually hugely inspiring for other people to watch. And I think, you know, certainly when, when I've been speaking to people about this sort of thing, the impact that it has on people around you without you perhaps even knowing it is huge. So I'm sure that in doing that, you helps lots of people too. But I guess to your, your third pom-pom moment, you know, this idea of doing something that hasn't been done before, there must have been an enormous amount of fear attached to that because there isn't a blueprint for how to do it. You can't go and follow another company that has already implemented something like that. And I guess it, it plays into the work that you do now at Accenture and helping people and businesses to drive innovation. Um, so I'm interested to know how you approach that and how you overcome some of those fears. Yeah, and no, I, I, I suppose it's it's interesting because I think throughout my career I've always kind of, you, you know, we we it's it's a you're conflicted in your own self because there's a bit of you that says, well, I've got nothing to lose. And there's another bit of you that says, you know, you kind of have that imposter syndrome of have I really got to where I am and, and actually have I got a lot to lose? But actually, uh, I kind of learned my trade, so to speak, through a lot of really small experiments. You know, I continuously pushed myself and, and learned new things and evolved myself. And I think actually when we think about kind of the fear factor, once you overcome the fear of failure, it kind of paves the way and you start having a very different perspective on what you do and why you're doing it. And it's it's very much exactly the same kind of what I do today in my current job, especially around kind of innovation. When we look at the amount of innovation that we've all seen more recently due to the pandemic and how that's accelerated innovation within kind of clients, organizations, et cetera, we would never have thought we would have achieved the things we have now in a, in a matter of weeks that would normally and typically take months, if not years. And I think there's something here around kind of, you know, that level of uncertainty makes you look at how do you break this down into smaller pieces? How do you take potentially smaller bets and have real tangible kind of value analysis? You know, how do I measure the value of what I've just done on a small scale? And actually, if it's not if it's not moving in the right direction, then we, we stop and we pivot and we do something different. And I think applying that type of principle to you and your career is also kind of very useful. And I think about my career and I'm, I think throughout, I've always been overly cautious of, you know, myself, how I'm perceived, you know, how I execute. I think the reality to some of this is, you know, we, we need to, as long as we are ethically standing by our principles and we're doing the right thing, whether that's for our clients, our family, our friends, or our own well-being, then it should be widely accepted and, and we just, we carry on and we move forward. If I make mistakes, which my wife will tell me I, I do, <laughs> <laughs> um, we just need to obviously learn and adapt. And I think I've always, I've always kind of applied that in, in my career around having a continuous 
continuous improvement mindset and that's me and my own self-reflection as opposed to kind of my team and my organization it's, it's nice to hear you talking about experimenting and and my view of it is that experimentation is actually the key to being able to get cool with failure because if you look at it as an experiment that can have an outcome and, and whatever the outcome is it is then there isn't that right or wrong element that we can get so wedded to um, and then therefore feel like we've failed or we've passed so it's nice to hear you talking about that and, and you know you've just mentioned mistakes so I guess that leads into the next area to explore which is when have things not gone your way and what have you learned as a result of that that has shaped you in moving forward yeah that, i mean that that's a great question because you know any anybody who says i had a very clear career and i was successful the whole way throughout will, lying. will be telling fibs <laughs> absolutely I, I i remember starting my career you know i i was a i i'd just come out of college i'd done my uh, ccna was certified uh, network engineer in Cisco, and I'd went into to to a lab to configure mobile devices, and I kind of really thrived. It was technical. It was all the things that I wanted to do when I was growing up to kind of be <laughs> be hands on, you know, be on the forefront of technology, and I absolutely loved it. And I I kind of did my 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 first I would say job where I was kind of establishing my career for about four years, and then gradually moved into kind of project management and delivery based roles. I then, I, and, and within this organization for four years, I was quite fortunate. So I had, a, again, fantastic people around me. I had a mentor at the time who was phenomenal and she offered me a lot of coaching. And when I found myself kind of faced with a, a challenge, I very much, it was traditional delivery, Prince2 type structure. And I wanted to move us to agile and kind of look at kind of incremental benefits and how we unlock that and add value. I was faced with a tremendous amount of resistance across the organization. My mentor at the time said to me, so what are you going to do, Paul? Are you just going to give up? Are you going to walk away? Because remember this, if you give up now, this will pave the way for what you do throughout your career. You will continuously give up. You will allow people to continuously tell you, no, we're not doing that, even if you strongly believe it's the right thing to do for the organization. So with that, I kind of built built my career around making very kind of calculated decisions on, you know, what am I going to do? Why am I doing it? And, and kind of pursuing the the option, is it good for me? Is it good for the organization, et cetera? And I think that was some fantastic advice very early on that I got. And then following that, you know, like like when many people come to a kind of crossroads, you look for your next challenge. And with that, I found myself kind of moving into a new organization, a very early startup. And it was interesting because at this, at this crossroads, I picked to go to this organization for probably the wrong decisions in my career. So I moved there for monetary gain ultimately. And, you know, salary is important to people, but I think there's lots of other values that should be important to people. And I learned that the hard way. In this particular situation, I went to join this organization. Yes, I got paid handsomely for it. And my salary at the time went up by 10,000 pounds and it was great. <laughs> but on reflection, 
what I found myself is I was no longer surrounded by these, these this, you know, like-minded people, fabulous people that would actually support me, coach me, and also people that I could learn from. So I found myself in an extremely high-pressured environment with nobody around me to support me. And yes, I was 10,000 a month better off, but I actually, I, I remember pretty much having to leave my desk and I was shaking from the sheer amount of work and pressure I was under. And it's, it, it, it's from that point and, and that moment in my career, I, I kind of took, I took a sensor check and I went, well, hang on, I've made this decision just for money and it's completely the wrong decision and I never want to feel like this again. Now, I thought long and hard about what are the decisions that I should or what are the what's the criteria I should be making my future decisions on? And that was, you know, people. Who can I learn from? How am I going to develop myself? Obviously, the money still comes into it. We all have to provide for our families. But top of my list was I want to continue to learn and develop myself. So who can I learn from? But yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, I mean, it must have been incredibly lonely to find yourself in that position. And it's it's lovely to hear that you are motivated, I suppose, by having people around you that you can bounce off and that can help you grow. And and it's really honest of you, actually, to talk in that way. And, and one of the things I wanted to pick up, you mentioned imposter syndrome earlier in the conversation and that, that self-doubt element. And I guess it plays into the situation you found yourself in there. Whenever I go to organizations and talk about imposter syndrome, it is a very female filled room um, and very few males seem to come along. But I have a hunch that males um, suffer with imposter syndrome just as much as women. So it'd be interesting to hear your view on how you handle those moments of self-doubt or, you know, when you feel like you, you can't do something, how you actually build the belief and push through that. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because... Actually, the, we, we all get to where we are in our career because we we deserve it. And I think that's the thing we always forget. I think when we're faced with key challenges in our career and times are tough, the heat's on, you know, you're under pressure, it's, you know, it's easy to allow self-doubt to creep in. But in reality, I think, you know, and, and these are, again, some of the kind of things that I just personally do where, you know, I typically go out for a walk. I kind of clear clear my head for a little bit and that enables me to kind of remember all of the things that I've achieved throughout my career and the reason why I've got to where I am you know it's it's less about kind of do I belong and it's more about well yes I actually do belong but I've just sometimes got to remind myself that I've achieved x y or z or I've done I've done these amazing things and that and and with that you start to kind of shrink that feeling of imposter syndrome and you start actually moving into this kind of thought process of right well actually now that I've reflected on the things that I have done what made that time different to what I'm facing now you know and you start by clearing your head and getting that kind of thought process going I tend to get some structure moving forward into you know facing the challenge that I'm currently facing so whether that is you know actually let's break this down let's actually get some support let's find out where the best people are to be able to support the things that we need to achieve because again you know and that plays into i think for me don't go it alone and this is why i like to surround myself with people going it alone you know we will limit ourselves and what we're able to achieve going it collectively as a team will actually be able to thrive and be really successful as a group 
and there's so many aspects in that answer alone so I mean I love the way that you articulated it as you know we get to our where we are in our career because we deserve it you know that's gorgeous on its own but then you talked about kind of anchoring back to times when you've been successful or times when you've been able to do it before to be able to build that belief up and then chunk down the problem into something that's more bite-sized so that you feel able to deal with it and then of course you talk about asking for help from the people that are around you so almost like a four-step process to dealing with self-doubt you know you could have an infographic on that (laughs) (laughs) and and um I told you earlier on in in our conversation that I had a boss once called Paul O'Sullivan and he very kindly gave me feedback one day about needing to be more patient and it's feedback that I hear most of the time I'll be honest so I'm keen to understand what's the feedback that you've had along the way that has driven you to perhaps make a change or you know see things differently yeah it's it, it's interesting because I think um, if, if I reflect on some of the feedback I've had and it's it's a bit mixed in the sense of, you know, yes, I've I've experienced the be a bit patient. And I think that's sometimes because I get quite frustrated because I can see the tremendous benefit in in, in us doing something or, or helping in a particular way. And sometimes you've got to appreciate that you've got to take other people on that journey of discovery and you've got to help them realize the the value and the benefit of what you're trying to explain. So patience, one I can definitely relate to. (laughs) There's also for me, and I suppose we all have our own individual styles. So my style is very much, let's grab a coffee and we'll talk through it. Very people and human centric. Now, interestingly, I've had feedback around, you need to be a bit more assertive you need to be a bit more, not necessarily driven, because I think I am driven towards kind of the value and the outcome, but kind of assertive in your in in your style. And it, it's an interesting one because that sometimes conflicts me because I think we have to give or, or we I do give people kind of the benefit of the doubt. And there's there's a fine line between establishing kind of who needs extra kind of care and attention and who actually just needs some direction kind of and and that assertiveness of look we just need to get going let's crack on so it's a for for me kind of the feedback has been orientated around two things so one is the patience and one is kind of be a bit more assertive so i'm not the only one then that needs to be more patient this is good news (laughs) (laughs) you're not alone (laughs) <laughs> I'm loving that. And and you've talked a lot about other people and using other people as sounding boards and asking for help and, and leading people, of course. So what, what are the things that you look for in others such that it bolsters your own strengths and, and perhaps fills in some of the things that you're not so good at? Yeah. And so that's a that's a, an amazing question because I think this is a this is sometimes a mistake that that I often see people make, especially as they're kind of working through their leadership style and and their approach. When I was very early on in my career, I liked to surround myself with people that I could relate to. So when we think about this, people buy people. You have to have a connection, or there has to be kind of a foundation of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I suppose people mirror themselves on others and therefore you surround yourself with like-minded individuals and i kind of you know as we as we all kind of have to learn and adapt i think the one one kind of key bit of advice that i would have for people is don't just surround you surround yourself with people that you actually that 
they're like you or they they favor the same things or but rather surround yourself with people that will challenge you people that have a different perspective people that you can actively engage with and still have a very nice relationship with but actually you know that there'll be an element of diversity in thinking you know a level of creativity that will kind of spur other people on and be a bit more thought-provoking and and I think quite often we all make the mistake of we hire in our own image and things and I don't think that then creates an environment where we get the best out of each other because we'll actually all come up with the same similar thoughts and there's 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 things that we do um, in the studio which are orientated around kind of what we call divergent and convergent thinking where we brainstorm ideas and suggestions and we kind of break out on that. So we'll do that in isolation. And then when we bring it back together, we have a conversation about that. And of course, if you're all the same type of individuals, you'll all come up with the same type of results. So <laughs> and I will agree. Yeah. And oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> so so my my bit of advice on this is look for diversity and surround yourself with diversity. Yeah, and it's great advice. It's incredibly hard for people, I find, who have to be right. So lots of people are walking around with a belief system that if they make a mistake or they get it wrong, it's the end of the world. And what I find it's those people who tend to hire in their own image because then they're, they're generally always right and always agreed with, so it's more comfortable. But what you're saying is actually become uncomfortable and you'll grow as a result. So that's that's really great advice and let's talk about vulnerability because that's kind of you know a, a word that is doing the rounds as much as imposter syndrome is and I'm always keen to get a male take on vulnerability and what that means for you it's uh, yeah it's it, I mean vulnerabilities we we all have them that's the truth there will be I've got loads <laughs> there'll, there'll be people out there that will go no I don't and then put up their shield but in reality, we all do. And I think when we think about vulnerabilities, we, you know, it, it, it links back to where we think our weaknesses are. And like everything, it's one of those ones where very much if you if you allow it to kind of fester, then ultimately you'll move into that self-doubt kind of side. So what I've what I've kind of do is, like you said, I've got to do this infograph now. That's that four four step plan. <laughs> But, but ultimately, I think without kind of repeating myself, I think vulnerabilities are something that we all have. I think we need to accept it. I think if we are open and transparent with each other around our strengths and weaknesses from the get-go, we can very quickly move towards where we can help and support each other. And I encourage that amongst the teams I work with. We actually do um, strength finders where we look at kind of where's the top five things that play into our strengths. And then we can look and we can look and contrast as opposed to compare with um, others in the team. And then actually we can we can talk through, well, can you do this or I can help with that and I can take the lead on this. And then you start getting a, a fully empowered team of people around you. And what I always find that creates a high performing environment where everyone kind of then th succeeds. Oh, I love that. And, and I think the infographic can move aside. I feel a book coming on, Paul, you know, in your spare time. <laughs> five minutes. I'm, I'm, we might get to the end of this and it'll be a feature long film. I tell you, why not? Why not? Dream big. <laughs> now, we're at the point in the podcast where we play the five second game rule. And I know you know what this is because I know you've listened. <laughs> so uh, this is when you're under pressure to give me three answers to a question. Are you ready? 
I'll give it a go. <laughs> so, Paul, in the five-second game rule, can you give me three things that you do to relax? Um, go for a walk or a run. Step away from my computer screen and spend some time with my, my kids. And occasionally go into the garden and play basketball on my son's basketball hoop when he's not looking. So they're, they're, ah. they're very lockdown relevant <laughs> ones right now. Don't tell little him. guilty pleasure there at the end. Yeah. Sports, <laughs> lots of sports. I love that. I can just see that happening now. And as you're good at this, we're going to play another one. So in the five second game rule, can you tell me your three favorite places in the world? Ah, places in the world. Um, Fisherman's Bay in Thailand. Uh, it's in Koh Samui as number one. California, um, overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge. And then Cork City, where I was born. Oh, wow. They're lovely. Was one of them where you proposed by any chance? Uh, it wasn't, no. Um, <laughs> and that's a sore subject. Kinda... Oh. <laughs> my, 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 my wife feels very underdone on that. <laughs> Is it like London Bridge instead? <laughs> it was in London, yes. <laughs> Oh, well, you're married. It's all good. It's all good. Now then, we are at the point in the podcast for the killer question. And I feel another infographic coming on as I ask you, what do you believe is the absolute secret to success? I, I think there's, there's kind of not one thing. For me, this is about confidence in yourself, determination to succeed, and being open and honest with others. I think those are, for, for me, the, the three types of qualities. So, you know, being confident, stamp out that self-doubt, determined, being committed to what you're doing and give it your all, and then transparency and openness with others so that actually you can play to your strengths and, and seek out support where you need it. Beautiful. And I particularly love the determined one in the middle because that plays back to the mentor that you had suggesting that you should never give up. Um, and that's determination in a nutshell. So, yeah, I'm loving those. And, and I've, I mean, I could speak to you for another 40 minutes, to be honest. I can't believe that we're at the end already um, because there's just so much so much in what you say and the way that you're able to put it across in a way that represents a process so it's really easy for people to pick up and think about how they might want to do things differently so thank you very much for sharing and for being part of the podcast I hope you've enjoyed it I've loved it thank you it's been great it's been an absolute pleasure so enjoy the rest of your day and I'll speak to you soon thanks Angela have a good day hope that you enjoyed listening to the mindset mentor meets podcast if you did be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links for more about me visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk now i'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode and do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.